Hey, this is Ralph Dart here, and I'm the pastor of The Bridge. I hope that this episode not only inspires you, but teaches you something that you can incorporate into your everyday life. So kick back, relax, as we welcome you to the other side. And so I'll be reading today um, from Proverbs 21, verses 21, and I want us to read this together. Um, and uh, this summer, se- or rather not summer, this fall series, I'm going to be speaking um, on the subject I like to call living loyal. Can you say that back to me real quick? One more time. Come on, that's real boring. One more time, say living loyal. Amazing. And so we're jumping right into the word from Proverbs 21 verses 21. And the word of God reads, it says, he who pursues righteousness and loyalty what's that word there loyalty finds life righteousness and honor let's read that together one to go from the top he who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life righteousness and honor one more time together say he who pursues righteousness and loyalty finds life righteousness and honor if you pursue righteousness And if you pursue loyalty, loyalty to who? Loyalty to God, loyalty to your friends, loyalty to your family. That's when you will find life, find righteousness and honor. All of us all want to be respected. We all want to be honored. We all want to be rich and wealthy and great. Um, But the word of God gives us a prerequisite to those things. And that prerequisite is us being righteous and secondly, being loyal. Um, And so we're going to be speaking today uh, uh, from a title I like to call survival. Um, And surviving this, this fall season while remaining loyal to God, remaining loyal to our friends and family. And so uh, I'll be speaking from this subject called survival, um, from this Living Loyal series. And so let's bow our head in prayer real quick as we get into uh, this preaching. Father, I just thank you, God, for your people. Father, I thank you for your love towards them. I thank you that you love us all. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in this place, Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that you are sitting on our our hearts. You are sitting on our minds. You are sitting on our spirits. Father, I just glorify you, Holy Spirit. Father, move amongst us, Lord Jesus. We will never take our foot off the gas pedal, Father God, because you are the one who is leading us through, Father. So we look to you in this season, Father. We praise you. And Father, we thank you, Jesus, uh, for your love and for your your guidance and for your care towards us in the name of Jesus and all the saints of God said come on louder all the saints of God said come on all the saints of God said let's keep that energy real high in, uh, and 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 up today all right grab your seat give your neighbor a high five as you sit down real quick um so we're diving right into this right into this word and I want you to understand this this is the first thing I want you to understand is that loyalty is the heartbeat of God I'll say it one more time. Loyalty is the heartbeat of God. If you're looking to find the heartbeat of God, you've got to stay loyal to him, stay loyal to relationship with him, stay loyal to everything that you've committed to do in his house. Loyalty is the heartbeat of God. It's so easy uh, to live by the training of your parents when you're in uh, the house, when you're at home, when when they're, when they're around your parents. It's so easy to live as they've taught you. Uh, I remember multiple times in the house uh, where my dad... Uh, 
uh, would come around and my brothers and I, we change the way we act. We change the way we talk because my dad is there we, or my mom is there. We try to act all prim and proper. But then as soon as they leave, you know, we go back to the slang. We go back to doing all these different types of things and talking. I even remember back in the day uh, where uh, we had this big do-rag wave. And I know it's coming back where everybody's even wearing do-rags in church. And, you know, we had this big do-rag wave. And my parents hated when we used to wear our do-rags in the house. They'd always be like, what's that thing for? What's that thing for? And be like, Mom, we're trying to get the waves. You know what I'm saying? Trying to stay sweet. And so uh, uh, they hated when we used to wear these do-rags in the house. And so when my parents would come around, we take it off and hide it under our pillow. Um, but then uh, when they leave, we put it right back on. And then, you know, we just start kicking it. And so it's so easy to live by the training of your parents once you're in their house. Um, it's so easy to live by the training of God once you're in God's house. We've been in the summer season uh, for the last uh, couple months, and we've been spending a lot of time together, a lot of events, and we've been spending so much time as a family together, and we've been learning different things. We've been, we've been, we've been changed. God's been working on our hearts. It's so easy uh, to, to do all the right things uh, when you're in God's house, but then as soon as you step out of God's house, you then resort back to doing certain things that you weren't meant to do, and that's kind of the same analogy um, that I ended up with, and that I found myself in uh, when it was the first day of school for me in grade nine. I'm coming from grade eight, and you know, I was, you know, running grade eight, and I was captain of the ball team, all these types of things. I came from Toronto, that's a kid from Toronto, and everybody wants to be my friend. I came with a Toronto accent. It's gone now. Now I just have a country accent. And so I came, and um, everybody wants to talk to me, all these types of things, and and um, and now moving from grade eight, going into grade nine, you know, we had this entire summer, uh, summer going into grade nine, had this entire summer, spent so much time in the church, so much time uh, doing things uh, at church, and kicking it and relaxing but finally 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 came the first day of school for grade nine and so I'm getting ready I woke up real early that same day uh that that first day of school I woke up real 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 early I hopped up my alarm I, I woke up even before my alarm went off I don't know if you guys have ever been there where you're so amped to do something you literally wake up even before your alarm goes off and so I was up I was like yeah I'm, I'm ready to go first day of school grade nine I'm ready I get into the shower, you know, I put, put the shower uh, uh, real, real hot, and I'm there, I'm there for like 20 minutes, just I'm ready, I'm going to smell extra fresh today, I'm smelling, I'm cleaning everything, I'm smelling extra fresh today, I get out of the shower, I put on my, I, I get to my closet, I already have my clothes all ready, I had my shirt ready, I had everything ready, I'm smelling all fresh, I'm good to go, I go uh, to find my pants, I get my pants, I'm wearing these highlighter blue pants, you know, from back in the day, it was that jerk type of Phase. And so uh, we, we were in that jerk phase. And you know the jerk, the dance that you guys do, you know? Or oh, you guys don't do it. You guys are too young. But um, that jerk phase. And I was ready. Like, you're a jerk. I know. I'm a jerk. I know. I'm a jerk. I was ready to take on that first day of school. And so I get on the bus. I'm going there. I'm excited to be there. I'm, I'm excited. I'm good to go. I get in uh, to school. I'm like, finally, I'm about to take over this place. I'm like, finally, thank God. I've been waiting to get away from my parents, to get away from everything that they've taught me. I'm ready to take on this school. And so I get in. I walk to my locker. 
I'm the, I'm the new kid, you know, everybody there, I'm the new kid, I'm in grade 9, I'm finally there, my older brother's in grade 10, that's fine, I'm wearing all these crazy clothes, I got these blue highlighter jeans, I got my vans on, I'm ready to take on the school, like I'm game, I'm good to go, like I'm good to go. And so I'm walking through, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm ready, I, I know that, I know that I, I'm in high school now, so I, 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 gotta, I gotta act like I'm in high school. I know that my parents have taught me certain things, don't do this, don't do that, watch out for this, watch out for that. And um, I, 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 I knew their training, but as soon as I went into high school, all of a sudden I found myself getting in different types of conversations, conversations that I was not meant to be in, conversations and, and talking about things that I didn't even know much about. And I find myself there, and, and, and I'm the kid with the sauce, and I find myself there, and people are trying to talk to me about certain things. Have you done this? Have you done that? I'm like super naive. I'm like, no, I haven't done nothing that stuff. I, I haven't done none of that stuff. And I'm there, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm there, and they're, they're introducing to me some new things that I, I never knew about. And I'm there, I'm like, you know, okay, let me, let, let me try to fit in. Let me try to be cool. Let me try to uh, uh, do what they're what they what they're talking about. And so I'll, I'll try this. Okay, yeah, I'll come out to I'll come out to, to, to your house. I'll come out to this party. I'll come out to this. I'll come out to that. Yeah, I'll try this. And um, all of a sudden, over time, I found myself so submerged in culture. But I uh, but 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 over time, I, I was so far away from God, and I, I I was so submerged in culture. Listen, you can be in the culture but you can be out with God. And so I found myself in that type of scenario where I was literally so on point with culture. You asked about shirts and t-shirts and clothes. I was there. But then over time, as I moved through my high school phase from grade 9 to grade 10, I found myself just literally throwing away everything my parents have taught me. And I found myself putting into my mind everything that culture was teaching me. I was literally throwing away every single thing that I've learned, that they've taught me. And they were saying, Quakes, don't do this. Ralph, don't do that. Don't do this. And I was like, all right, you know what? That's fine. But I got in there, and I'm like, listen, they're not here anymore. I can do whatever the heck I want. I can reinvent myself. I'm my own person. And so I literally started throwing out every single thing they, they started teaching me. And so what began to happen was I literally started feeling numb to certain things that they tell me not to do. I started feeling so numb to certain convictions. I started feeling so numb to certain things. They, they taught me, you know, you got to pray. You know, when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you like this, when you know that you're not supposed to be doing something, the Holy Spirit will make your heart beat real fast. Sometimes you might get real sweaty, um, and you might get some goosebumps on you, and you might get this and might get that, and the Holy Spirit will literally try to be sounding an alarm in your heart to tell you, listen, beep, 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 beep. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, and, and that would happen to me the first couple days of high school, the first couple weeks of high school. But over time, that type of feeling, that type of conviction would just keep fading because I kept turning that alarm off in my spirit, in my heart. And so there came a point in time where literally there was no more conviction in my heart. Where I would literally spend so much time just ignoring the voice of my spirit, ignoring my conscience, ignoring uh, uh, the, the, the heart beating fast, ignoring all those symbols of the Holy Spirit where he would try to warn me and I would keep, you know, snoozing that alarm in my heart. I'd be snoozing that alarm. And every time I did so, I find myself so entrenched in darkness where literally there came a point in time where the darkness almost felt like light to me. 
And you can literally get into this phase in your life where you continue to ignore what the Holy Spirit is telling you. The Holy Spirit speaks to you in various ways where he tells you, you know, he warns you with, with heartbeats. That, that, that one kind of happens to me most times. Um, it kind of feels like this. Like if it's, your, if it's your first time maybe flying. How many of you guys have been on a plane before? Just wave your hand at me real quick. Awesome. Most of us. So my first time on the, on the airplane, um, I was in, I believe it was grade seven, and I was going to Toronto uh, for a dentist appointment. And um, I had braces. Any, any brace faces up in here? I had brace faces. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the glow up. And so we're good now. Um, amen, somebody. Or yes, not happy for me. We're good now. Um, so I remember I had to go down to Toronto quite frequently to get my, 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 um, my elastics changed, my colors changed, all that type of stuff. And uh, it was my first time. I'm like, I'm ready. I want to go on this airplane. I'm good to go. Like, I'm ready to go. All of a sudden, uh, you know, we, we start buckling up our seatbelts, and the flight attendant comes. Okay, buckle up your seatbelts. I'm like, all right, bless. I'm ready to go. Awesome. Okay, we're about to take off, and we're leaving Ottawa, going to Toronto, a YYZ, and we'll be there in about uh, 45 minutes. I was like, okay, great. I'm so happy. I've been looking forward to this. All right, I'm ready to go. We hit the runway, and all of a sudden, I feel the airplane moving so fast. I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? Like, this is new to me. Like, I, I don't know what's going on. The airplane's moving real fast, and all of a sudden in that moment my heart literally is beating so fast like to do 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 like am I gonna die like I've never been on this thing before I'm moving way too fast this thing is going way too fast um and so I I, I literally in that moment my heart's beating like crazy and uh that was because I was nervous but that same feeling comes back when the Holy Spirit is trying to warn you about something Oftentimes, when the Holy Spirit tries to warn you about something, he literally makes your heart beat so fast. Like when you know you're not supposed to be doing something, but you keep doing it, um, literally you, 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 your heart beats real fast. And I even remember sometimes, like, you know, I used to, um, thank God for the blood, I used to sneak out of the house. And um, I literally be like sneaking out the house, like I'd be tiptoeing on the hardwood, and then I hit a crack, and then they hear the sound. I'd be close to my parents, the bedroom, and whatnot. But thank God, I never got caught. Amen. And so um, I literally be sneaking out, and um, in that moment. I'm like, man, what if I get caught? Like, yo, I'm done. Like, what if I get caught? Or what if, like, I get a pop tire on the road and then my parents have to come and I'm like, no, nah, God, no, God, please, no. And in that moment, literally, my heart's beating so fast. Like, man, like, my heart's beating, my, my adrenaline's all up. And that is literally the same way that God and the Holy Spirit warns you about living in darkness. That's how he warns you. If you're doing something and you know you're not supposed to be doing it, if you're indulging in conversations you're not supposed to be indulging in, if you're living a lifestyle that you're not supposed to be living in, literally God will warn you so many times. But what God doesn't do is God doesn't override our will. Say that back to me. Say God doesn't. Say that God doesn't override my will. God doesn't override your will. He will sound the alarm to you multiple times listen don't lie to your mother don't lie to your father don't lie to your friend don't lie to your teacher did you finish that math school work yes i did ma'am i did okay you know you're lying and uh don't do that and so but, but what would happen is god would literally warn you so many times to stop doing wrong he will warn you more, like so many so many so many times but every time he gives you an opportunity he gives you uh, a choice 
God doesn't override your choice. He gives you an opportunity. And so he's like, you can either choose to listen to the alarm that's sounding in your heart, or you can do what you want to do. And that's what God does. The more you do what you want to do, you're pretty much pressing that snooze button to the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. The more you press that snooze button to the Holy Spirit, the further away you come from God. The further away you go from God. The more you press that snooze button on the Holy Spirit, the further away you move from God. And you'll find that the more you keep pressing that snooze button, you won't even feel those types of things anymore. Where you know when you're doing right, you know when you're doing wrong, but when the Holy Spirit stops warning you, that's when you know, like, okay, there is a real issue. Like, I really need some help. Like, there's something that, that, that's going on. And, and so the more you press that snooze button, that's when God begins to, 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 to stop warning you. I want you to understand this, and I want to give you this analogy. You know that, that cartoon um, where we see, like, there's, like, an angel on one shoulder, and then there's a devil on the other shoulder, and there's an individual who's standing there trying to make a decision. Do you, have you guys seen that before where there's, like, you know, there's a good person, bad person, angel, devil, and it's, like, you, right? So that's pretty much your conscience right there. And that's how it actually is, and that's how God allows you to choose. Let's say you're faced with an issue, right? You're faced with an issue. And so, you have a decision to make. On one shoulder will be an angel. Or on one shoulder will be the voice of God. On one shoulder, where there will be your conscience there speaking to you. Okay, this is what you have to do. This is, the, this is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. This is the right thing to do. On the other shoulder will be the devil or the voice of the enemy telling you, listen, don't do this. I mean, or rather... Uh, do this, do this, do this, do this, or don't do this, whatever it is. So we go, we'll use, let's say, like a, a house party as an example. You know that you're not supposed to go to a house party. All right, great, you know that. Uh, on one shoulder, the angel will be like, hey, stay home, don't go, stay home, don't go, stay home, stay home, stay home, don't go. That's your conscience speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your mind, telling you, listen, I'm not going to go. On the other shoulder is the enemy saying, listen, go, go. Go. There's going to be baddies there. There's going to be friends there. There's going to be fun. Go. 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 And so in that moment, God's not going to override your ruling. He gives you the opportunity to either choose to listen to his voice, which is the Holy Spirit, which is, you know, which is uh, the, the, the conscious side of your mind telling, telling you either to go or not to go. You have that option. On the other hand, you have the devil there and the enemy in, in, the, in the other air in, 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 in your mind telling you, listen, you can either choose to go or not to go. And so he gives you that option right there. He's literally like, listen, this is, this is what I'm telling you to do. You can either choose to listen to my voice through the Holy Spirit or you can choose not to. Oftentimes what happens is we choose to snooze the voice of the angel and we choose to do what we want to do. And once we do so, so many times, we literally find ourselves in darkness. In order for our generation to survive this fall season, we have to be conscious and mindful of the voice of the Holy Spirit. We have to literally be conscious of the conviction in our hearts the enemy wants to take out the conviction from christianity from young people what is christianity without conviction what is church without conviction what is a word without conviction the holy spirit has to convict your heart either to teach you to correct you to do to, to do better 
We have to do better as young people. We have to allow for the Holy Spirit to literally like work in your heart, convict you. Work in your heart, convict you. Work in your heart, convict you. The only way for us to survive this gener- in this generation is for our convictions to still stay strong and still, still stay high. Our convictions. Where we know this, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be doing this, but then you're still doing it, and you still do it, and you still do it, and then you get to this place of complete darkness, and they're like, listen, I don't know what to do, I don't know, I don't even feel God no more, I can't pray, I can't read my word, I don't know what to do. That's what the enemy wants for every single young person in Christianity who has a relationship with God, for your convictions to be muted. But once we understand, listen, we need our convictions to stay strong because once our convictions are still high, that's when we're much closer to God. And that's where the fleshy things of us die. And so we keep our our convictions real high so God can move in our hearts. Come on, why don't you clap your hands and give Jesus a praise real quick. When your convictions are high, you find yourself living in darkness. And there's three things that darkness does. The first thing that darkness does is darkness hides the light. Darkness hides the light. It hides the light of your life where you're meant to be shining in life. You're meant to be the star of your family. You're meant to do great and mighty things, but darkness hides your light. It hides the light of prayer. It hides the light of the word. It hides your light. If we turn all these lights off in this place, we'd be in complete darkness. The light is hidden. That's what darkness does. Darkness takes away your shine. You can literally tell from somebody if they're living in a a life of holiness or if they're living in darkness. You can tell. You can feel it. Darkness hides your shine. It hides your light. Secondly, darkness normalizes conviction. It normalizes conviction. Where You're meant to be convicted by something, but because you've been so used to it, you're not even being convicted by it. That's what darkness does. It literally, it it, it normalizes conviction. It hides the light, and then it normalizes conviction. And lastly, it destroys your vision. Darkness destroys your vision. Have you seen some people who are literally destined for greatness, where they're meant to be in the NBA or in the NFL, but all of a sudden they get hooked on some drug and they get addicted to something and they find themselves living in darkness and so it literally detours them from where they're meant to be. There have been so many stories like that in my life where I've seen people who I know this person's actually meant to be a doctor, this person's meant to be a lawyer, this person's meant to do this, this person's meant to be this place in life, but because of the darkness that they're living in, because they're no longer being convicted by God and they're no longer allowing the Holy Spirit to convict them, uh, they're literally um, destroying their vision. So darkness hides your light. It normalizes conviction. And lastly, darkness destroys your vision. It kills your destiny. As we enter into this fall season, we know that we're in fall. But listen, may our convictions never fall. May our convictions never go down. Listen, may our convictions stay real high. May our convictions continue to rise higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. Listen, we cannot be a generation who is trying to start a revival in this nation if our convictions are low. If we're not being convicted by certain things, then what is the difference between an unbeliever and a believer? 
The convictions are what makes us different. Where one person who's an unbeliever can drink, but because you are a Christian, because you're holy, you can't do that. What unbelievers swear, what unbelievers lie, uh, listen, that's, that's what makes us different. We are Christians. We, are, are, we have a relationship with God, and therefore that's the line that separates us, our convictions. Jesus died on the cross for every single one of us and his blood washed all of our sins and we are in the light now. We are the salt of this world. But listen, if we don't draw the line and, 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 uh, and don't allow for God to convict our hearts, then what makes us different from the unbeliever and the believer? One thing that I want us to understand as we get into this fall season, where I don't know if this might be you, where, I, where maybe you're convictions are real low where maybe you've been fallen maybe you've you've you don't even know how you can revive your walk with God you don't even know how you can survive through this fall season you don't even know how to stay loyal to God because God is looking for your loyalty we don't even know how to stay loyal to our relationship with God maybe this might be you but I want to give you four tips and you can write this down um, on how to revive your conscience and your convictions rather, how to do so. And so my first point for you is this, in order to revive your conscience, because the Holy Spirit works through your conscience, you might think that it's just your conscience telling you um, to be a good person. No, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and speaking through your conscience. And so in order to revive your conscience and your convictions, point number one, I want you to first admit that you have an issue. Admit that you've been living a sinful life. Admit it first. God doesn't like when people are proud. God says he resists the proud. So he looks for those who are humble who can say, listen, I know I haven't been living the best and so I admit my wrong. That's the first thing that God looks for. Admitting your wrong. Admitting your, your sinful life. Admitting it. And, and, and that's when he can now come and help you. Secondly, actively desire change you got to adjust and so the first thing is admit the second thing is adjust you've got to adjust the way you're living listen if 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 one way of living is keeping you in darkness is keeping your convictions real low then you've got to adjust the way you're living adjust your circle of friends adjust what you do adjust things make things work change certain things you've got to adjust secondly i'd rather thirdly ask for god to be made alive in you Ask for God to awaken his life on the inside of you. Awaken his life on the inside of you. First, admit. Second, adjust. Third, awaken his life. Awaken his goodness. Awaken himself on the inside of you. And lastly, take a step higher. Move from where you are. If you've been at this level, step up try something different try something move ascend to a different level ascend come up higher move higher as you're on your feet tonight the four things are admit secondly adjust third thing awaken and lastly ascend and move higher move higher get higher above your sinful living get higher above the things that have been holding you down get higher become higher move to a different level step up higher move somewhere else do something different separate yourself listen in order for us to do something and to change things in this world in this nation in this city we have to keep our convictions real high that's the only way we can survive as a generation in this season the only way for us to survive pastor oba is for us to keep our convictions high 
The enemy wants you to keep your convictions real low. Where you can do anything you want to do. Where, oh, you want to try this? Oh, I can try that. You want to do this? Oh, I can do that. Oh, you want to listen to this? Oh, I can listen to that. Listen. In order for us to keep ourselves separate, in order for God to move in our hearts, in order for God to move in our generation, we've got to keep our convictions real high. Throughout the summer, things get different. Things get difficult. We have a lot of time on our hands, and so we find ourselves doing a lot of nonsense. But in this fall season, let this be a fall season where you're saying, God, honestly, I've been messing up, but I want to get real serious with you going forward. I want to keep my convictions real high. Listen, I want to, I want to change. I, I, got, I got to move to a different level. I got to do something different. I, I've got to step up high. I've got to, I've got to move. I, I've got to survive. I, I want to stay loyal to you. I want to be loyal to you. I, I want to live right. I want to have a relationship with you for real, for real, for real. But God, I need your help. Listen, I need your help, God. I need your help with every eye closed real quick. I need your help, God. I need your help. I need your help. I need your help. In order for our generation to survive, we've got to stay convicted. Allow for the Holy Spirit to convict our hearts. Where if you're sinning, allow for God to say you are sinning. But he won't be able to say so if you're so entrenched in darkness, if you're so entrenched in sinful living. And so God is here today. And God is here and he's saying, listen, are you going to admit? Are you going to allow for, for me to awaken myself in you? Are you going to adjust? Are you going to come up higher to a different level? This is, this is the prayer. This is the cry of God's heart. He wants to move in our generation. But unless we understand that our convictions have been lowered so much that they're almost on the same level as the unbeliever, then what makes the difference? Why do we lie? What makes the difference? Let's not lie to ourselves. Let's not lie to anybody else. What makes the difference between an unbeliever and a believer? Come on, tonight God is here in this place. and With every eye closed, every head bowed, listen, I just want... Let's just take a minute. God wants you to stay loyal to him. Listen, if we pursue loyalty, that's when God begins to, to move in our hearts. In order for us to survive this next phase of our life, this next phase of our ministry, this next phase of this generation, we've ought to keep our convictions real high as a generation. If this is you and you find yourself relating to this message where you're saying, God, I, I really have lowered my convictions, but this fall season, I want there to be a change with every eye closed for real. No one's watching you. I just want you to raise your hand real quick. If you say that, oh, I've dropped my convictions, but I, I, want, I want God to convict me even more in this season. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Every, every eye closed. No one's watching. Every eye closed. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. Listen, this is the cry of our generation. You can put your hands down now. This is God's cry. I want us right now just to just repeat this, this prayer after me. I'm not going to actually come up today. But let's all say it together so no one feels left out. I just want you to say, Father, Father, forgive me. Father, revive your Holy Spirit in me. 
convict my heart, God. Sound an alarm in my spirit. Sound an alarm in my heart. May I say no to sinful living. And may I say yes to a loyal relationship with you. Father, tonight, I just thank you, God, for your people here today. Father, I just glorify you, Jesus, for moving amongst us, God, for awakening convictions, God, for stirring desires, for renewing our minds. Father, we're in pursuit of loyalty. Help us to survive this fall season. Help us to stay loyal to our relationship with you, Father. You've taught us so many things, God, but may we never allow for the enemy to take our convictions away from us. Father, today I stand here on behalf of your people and I ask you, God, not to turn away from our generation, God, but to come again, Lord Jesus, and to awaken conviction on the inside of us. Awaken our conscience. Awaken our conscience, God. Let there be an alarm that sounds deep within us. In the name of Jesus Christ, I've prayed. And all the saints of God said, Amen. All the saints of God said, Amen. Is anybody, I want to pray for anybody who's not feeling well anybody's not feeling well, just come on. I just want to pray for you. Whether you have a cold or a headache or you have back pains or leg pains or whatever pains you have, if there's anybody, just come on real quick because I feel God wants to heal today while we get our offerings ready. If there's anybody like that, if everybody's healthy, that's fine, but I just feel like there's, there's anybody like that. Thank you, Jesus, for us all being healthy, Father. We just thank you, Holy Spirit. I want us right now just to, to, give, to give our offerings to God and, um, Endeavor to give every time we come into the house of God. And so there's interact outside in the lobby, but also let's give in any way we can. Hey, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We hope this message blessed you. For more information on The Bridge, follow us on all our social medias at HopeCLTR. God bless.